Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, you're listening to the DPC podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things dead parent, the good, the bad, and the banter. Hosted by Sam and Kat. So with us today, we have a lady called Daisy. Um, Daisy is a friend of one of the one of our other guests on the show that was on a few months ago called Beth Randall. Um, you might know her from her famous phrase, Am I the only gay in the DPC? Um, so yes, hi Daisy. Hi. Hi. Um, so I suppose a good thing to start with really would be to tell everybody kind of a bit of a background about you like where you're from um just a general you know who you are where you're from what you do for work just to let them get to know you a bit um so i'm daisy i'm from lincolnshire which most of you probably never heard of <laughs> um i currently work as a chef but i'm also an artist on the side so i run a little art business gosh i'm pretty boring i'm sober as we know i'm a sober dpc'er that's not boring. Our very first. <laughs> <laughs> but I, one of the reasons I don't drink is I've also got a sugar intolerance, so I can't eat sugar. So. That's oh my the... Whoa. <laughs> okay, side note, I have just sat here and eaten approximately 16 heroes from a box of chocolates. Wow. So, would that like seriously harm you? Uh, I'd be really, really sick. I wouldn't like die or anything. Oh my God. What a wow. life! I, I have not met any. Yeah, I've not met anyone with a sugar intolerance before. So I'm currently eating a banana. Would you not be able to eat that, or is it just processed sugar? I can't eat fruit, so yeah. Wow. One, it's like makes you really, really sick. If you were gonna pick out on anything, would it be like cheese and carbs? Oh, I love cheese. I do love carbs, but I love crisps as well. Mm, Big oh yeah. Yes. Crisps and dip all day, every day. <laughs> and then some like melted cheese and some crackers. Oh, yum. Okay, then. So, yeah. we digress. Um, yeah, we do digress. <laughs> you are obviously affiliated with the DPC. So, would you like to tell us like your story? Like, kind of like from start to finish. Like, this is us letting you just get it all out okay it's kind of a long one so get comfy we love long stories <laughs> perfect it's my dad he last year uh not last year the year before now 2017 yeah he, um, he tripped over he's coming out of the bathroom just fell and my dad was really tall and really skinny like it was weird because he loved chocolate but he was really skinny 
and he fell and he actually broke his shoulder, his collarbone and his hip, but quite badly because he oh, didn't have much meat on him. But he went to hospital, he had an operation, they were like, yeah, 10 days, he'll be out, absolutely fine, like, it's really routine. And I was like, oh, cool, this was Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, I was meant to be working, um, I worked, and then went to go see him afterwards, and then it wasn't, like, right, I was like, hmm, this is weird. Like, he was awake, but he wasn't talking to me, and I was like, hmm, this is odd. And then the next day, they rung me and told me he'd had a stroke. Oh, my God. Like a post-op stroke or something and um, it sort of went downhill from there he got sepsis twice then he had a, a catastrophic stroke in the January and died holy mother oh my goodness shit. like the worst thing was that he'd broken his I think it was his left shoulder and hip but then the stroke had only affected his right hand side so he's literally oh. like a while. and I was like what are the chances of that but his brain like his mentality was fine he just couldn't communicate, which was, like, really frustrating because he couldn't, like, say what he wanted to say, but he wasn't, like, his brain wasn't adult. He was still, like, exactly the same, that like, same sense of humour, everything. But it was just really frustrating because he couldn't move. It's terrifying how something as, like, mundane as, like, having a fall can cause that. They were literally like, oh, yeah, ten days will be out. Like, this is... Because I was, like, really upset in the hospital, like, Wah! And they were like, yeah, like, we literally do this operation, like, four times a day. We just need to, like, put a screw or something in because his bone will come out of skin. Like, tape him up. Like, absolutely fine. He'll be fine. He can do everything good for. And then it just went, like, downhill rapidly. Wow. Was was he in good health before that, then? Um, he was kind of old. <laughs> but he wasn't, like, awful. Like, he was walking around. He still got up every morning and made his boiled egg for breakfast and stuff and... Like, he was very he was a man of routine. I think it's a man thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, he wasn't awful. It was just, he was absolutely fine, then fell and never came home. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he was just in, he was in the hospital the whole time from Christmas Eve up until yeah, till, when he died. Uh, well, he went to a hospice, like, two weeks before he died. Oh, right. Because they were like, he's never going to get better. I'm really sorry. Um, like, oh, gosh. So, like... How the hell do they explain that? Like, did he die from like organ failure, like after you after his stroke and stuff like that? Like, what the hell can cause that chain of events? Um, I think it was just a weird coincidence that he had the stroke. But when he had the second stroke, I he was in Boston. I live in Lincoln. It's about an hour drive. And the last time I saw him, I was driving. I got stuck in like a ridiculous amount of traffic. So it's like two hours. So I was really grumpy. And I was just around the corner from the hospital, and I had a phone call from the hospice. So I pulled over, like, oh, shit. And they were like, I'm really sorry. Like, it's it's the end sort of thing. Like, we think it's the end of a massive stroke. Uh, he's, he's going. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Can I do this? Can I go in? And I was like, compose yourself. And I went in, and uh, he was just, like, gone, basically. So if there would have been loads of traffic, it would have been there, like, when he had a big stroke, and it would have been really bad. God, I... I can't imagine being told that when I'm driving. And <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know what to do. I rang my sister, like, crying, like, what do I do? Do I go home or am I meant to stay here? <laughs> yeah, but, like, I can't see the road through my tears. Like, how <laughs> I just can't say Yeah, I was like, no, I'm already here. I need to go in or I'll just regret it forever. So what about the rest of your family then? Like, where were they around this time? Uh, so my mum doesn't drive, which is very inconsiderate. Oh god, what a is it, bitch? And I was like, I can't call this girl's mum a bitch. <laughs> I was like, what a hoe. 
<laughs> my mum and brother live in Sleaford, which is about half an hour from Boston. Uh, they weren't planning on visiting that day, so I rung them like, this isn't good. And uh, my mum was like, I have to be there. So they came over. My mum bought a Bible and stuff, and I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's very odd. And uh, my sister lives in London, and uh, she'd been up, like, the whole time, and she'd gone home the day before, I think, or a couple of days before. She had some exams because she'd been at uni, and uh, she couldn't make it back up in time. Aww. So, yeah, me and my mum my brother were sort of there. But, yeah, we'd all been around, and, like, the whole time he was in hospital, like, we were there, like, every day. Mm. Do you think that he was aware then before he had that second stroke that he was he wasn't going to get better? Yeah, I think like I say, his mental like capacity was there. Like he yeah. was really like really intelligent, and I think he knew. And the whole time he was him. Like he was always him, and he always said the same stuff, and he knew. And tell how angry he was getting because he knew he was gonna die. But he didn't know when, and he was having a pretty bad time because he couldn't do anything and he couldn't eat properly and stuff. And then when he had that second stroke, it's completely different, like completely gone, like mind, everything. So that was kind of nice because he didn't know he was dying, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's almost like so he almost like wasn't like tortured with the fact that he was gonna die. Yeah, so when the end actually came, he had like I'm very comfortable in mind, he had no idea what was going on. Mm. Well, yeah, because I suppose that's what a stroke does, doesn't it? Like, it literally yeah. just, like, attacks the brain, doesn't it? And stops you, stops you from being, like, compass mentis, I suppose, so. Yeah, which was so odd, because he was so, like, compass mentis for so long. Mm. Like, this is so odd. It's literally just affected, like, his speech and his movement. But he could sort of talk. Like, if he really wanted to, he could. He just didn't talk to nurses and stuff, because he didn't like them. <laughs> like, when I went, he would... Like, we could have a sort of conversation. Like, it would take him some time, but he could still do it, and he would still just be like my dad. But, like, he hated hospitals and doctors and nurses, and he always has. He's, like, a proper man. So, like, the nurse would talk to him, and he'd just ignore them. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, he can't talk. I'm like, yes, he can. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't want to talk yeah. to you, honey. <laughs> we used to joke about that when my dad was in the hospice. Like, if ever anyone came to visit him that, like, we knew he wasn't that keen on talking to. We'd just be like, no, he, he can't physically speak. <laughs> then, like They'd leave and then we'd all have a conversation with him. <laughs> Basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So, how many, so when was that? Like the middle of January, did you say? Uh, he actually died on the 2nd of February. So it would be a year next week. Oh, oh wow. wow. Well, gosh, well, well done, like... And thanks for coming on and talking to you about it so soon after. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, how has the last year been for you? Like, how how do you think like you've coped with it all? Mm. I'd say not well because I spent a long time pretending that I had coped with it when I hadn't really. I just didn't want to seem like a bit of a pussy. I want to seem like yeah, I'm really strong. Look at me. But it uh, no. <laughs> That wasn't the case. <laughs> Not on the, on the inside, you're like, oh, God, somebody hold me. <laughs> yeah, that's a very accurate assumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Are you, um, where did you say you were working again? Uh, I work in a pub. I work in a kitchen. And I work with just boys as well. So it's very like, ugh. Yeah. Me, like, Ugh. Not that it's their fault or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just, I like, I went 
to work. I only had a day off when my dad died, and then I went straight to work. So oh my like, god! I'm fine. I'm fine. I can cope with it. I'll just work loads, which also doesn't help. No, no. You had one day I, off. Yeah. I do find that um, males in the workplace, when you try and bring up like difficult conversations, like grieving and feeling like shit and stuff like that. I do feel like men find it the hardest to have those conversations with. Like Definitely. the guys that I work with, just I could just see them like wanting to like crawl in and into themselves whenever I bring up anything about my mum and stuff because they're just like, how do we even talk to her about this? That's well. One day I was really upset when my dad was in hospital and my boss came in and was like, "You okay?" And then I was like, "Wah!" And he literally just patted me on the shoulder and went, "There, there." I was like, yeah. no, "Please go." Oh my god, there, there. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Like even talking about doing this today, I was telling one of my coworkers at work today, and he was like, "I don't know what to say. This is really cringy." I was like, "Why? What? <laughs> I just don't know what to say." Like, they're just not good at the whole emotion. Well, some of them aren't, especially at work. So they're kind of like, Ugh. yeah. Well, I feel like. If a guy's in the DPC, then it's then he gets it and it's fine. Yeah. Do you ever? Uh, this is a side note. Just like feel instantly attracted to anyone that is less <laughs> a parent. I've thought about it to be honest. I do. <laughs> yeah. That was definitely. Yeah, I knew. I was hoping Cat was going to be with me on that one. <laughs> I just, I just like when I find out somebody's got a dead parent, I'm like, wow, we we can we can emotionally connect about this. Like, <laughs> we're gonna have a really good relationship, even though I've only known you for ten seconds. But this relationship <laughs> yeah. is really beneficial to the both of us. <laughs> yes, I feel that. <laughs> so cool. Oh dear. Uh, but so, were you living with Beth at the time, Daisy? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah. So how did that? I mean, did that help, or like ha- having someone that knew kind of what you were going through? I think it did, but I was very much like secluded. Like I just wanted to be left alone by like everyone for a long time. Mm. And then I was kind of like, I don't want to make Beth sad by talking about dead people all the time. Do you think that's something you've kind of kind of changed now, now that it's been a little bit longer? Do you feel like you're more able to talk about it a bit more now? Definitely. It's, I kind of did want to talk about it, but I didn't really want to burden anyone with my problems. So I was like, I'll just be on my own all the time and that's that'll make it better. Yeah. But it, it didn't at all. That is literally such a recurring theme in this podcast. Every single yeah. person we talk to always says, I feel like I can't burden my friends about it. And like, I feel like that's kind of the whole point as to why Sam and I are doing this. To, like, make people aware that it's okay to talk about it. Because it's, it's so bad for you, isn't it? Just to keep it all locked up inside and never say anything. Because at some point you just combust and just, like, you just cannot deal. That is literally it. I, I'd get so angry about really, like, mundane things. I'm mm. like, why am I like this? Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> why am I like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's just because I just... I just, I don't know. I just kept everything inside. 
Because I was like, no, yeah. he wants to listen to me moan. It's really stupid anyway. Like, I should be over it by now. This is like a week after he died. <laughs> I don't know what was wrong with no. I should be over it by now. <laughs> it's been 48 hours. Like, get a grip. <laughs> That's what I was like. My friends were like, no, this, what? What, what are you talking about? And I was like, but it's been ages. He's been dead like two weeks now. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're like in in standards they get over it so quick. Exactly. I I mourn boyfriends for like five years. Never mind bloody dead parents. <laughs> it's true. Oh my god, that's amazing. I mean, I'm still upset about this one night that I dropped a tray of chips, <laughs> and that was I was like eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, we are the worst. <laughs> so, oh. what was like the moment or like the event that changed that for you then? Like when did you realize that what you were doing wasn't good for you? Um, I think my friends prefer my best friend was like, "You're not okay." And I was like, "Yes, I am. What are you talking about?" Like, <laughs> Should have been. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like need to see a doctor. And I was like, oh, I just kept nagging and nagging and nagging. In the end, I went to go see a doctor, and she was like, "This is completely normal for you to be feeling this way. Like, completely. Like, he's not been dead that long. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be over it. Like, this is fine." And I was like, "She's a doctor. She knows what she's talking about." <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Well, okay then. It's okay to be sad." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, that's great. That is, I, I am, I'm very glad that like you listened to somebody and like went to the doctors and stuff. I feel like, did you like break break down crying in the doctor's room? Uh, no, well, it was really awkward at the start. I was like, I'm really scared of doctors, so I'm really sorry, I'm really jittery. And she's like, okay, <laughs> what's actually wrong with you? And I was like, oh, but I, I just feel like shit. My dad's dead. Basically, that's how it came out. I was like, my dad died like two months ago, and I'm really sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like well yeah no shit Basically, and then I was like oh this is normal because I thought I was just being a bit over dramatic I don't know why because now I look back I was like well that was retarded but like everyone feels the same like we all had it like I had it for that first year as well like you just you're like just absolutely powering through and especially you didn't have getting drunk to be your like escape from it all which either. is not so a good escape anyway by the way side note it's not, probably the not worst. Recommended. <laughs> I think yeah not recommended I did think about drinking a lot but I was yeah like, but... <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did <laughs> although I will say after my dad's funeral I was really sad and instead of drinking I just downed five J2O's and then got really sick accounts <laughs> 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 I love how like sugar is your like <laughs> sugar is your like heroin like <laughs> that is amazing that is full self sabotage though it is but it kind of works I fell asleep <laughs> oh my god it's being like what what's wrong with Daisy and so just being like oh she's down five G two <laughs> Did you um did you get up and say anything at the funeral? Uh no, I no, I just couldn't. I just I thought I'd be fine and I was like, yeah, I'm fine and then we were all stood outside like waiting. And then the hearse came down. Yeah. And at that point I was just gone. 
Mm. I don't know why, but like seeing the coffin and everything, I was like, and just never regained emotion. God, it's just the worst, isn't it? And I think because it's like you just. um, I remember like seeing the coffin, just being like, his body is in that, and that's when it's like it's so bizarre. And that's like every time I looked at the coffin, I was like, shit, he's there. Coffins are really weird and they really freak me out because I find it really strange how somebody dies and then we purposefully like keep their body for like over seven days and just keep it refrigerated, then put it back in a box again so that other people can look at it and get freaked out over it to then burn it or bury it or whatever. Really freaks me out. So I'm assuming then, did you go, Daisy, like straight back to work the day after the funeral? Uh, yeah, I worked all the week off the funeral and then had the day of the funeral off and then was at work again. Wow. In fairness, I did, I did that with Pandora, with Mum. Yeah, I mean, I, I did that with you, Nick. Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, why do we do it? I love, why do we do it to ourselves? I love how we're like, oh my God, wow, like, you're so like amazing for doing that. And then it's like, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, because... Oh wait, I'm amazing. <laughs> no, I'm. it's the opposite. I am now, I'm like... I don't think anyone should go back to work straight away the day after. Oh, yeah, no. No, I agree. Yeah. But at the time, obviously, like, you don't know. You don't have someone. I mean, obviously, there isn't a rule book and you can go back to work. But from our experience and talking to everyone, you'll need that time off to, like, recuperate. Especially if, wait, you must have had, like, a serious J2O hangover, Daisy. (laughs) I did. I did have a little J2O hangover. (laughs) Sam, I love the way that you went a bit American there. Like, y'all need to take some time off. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, y'all. Spending too much time with um. (laughs) So I have these two American friends here called Caitlin and Trevor. But Caitlin's from Kentucky and she just has the best accent. And I (laughs) always try and talk like her. (laughs) I always try and talk like her. Oh god, nightmare! Oh dear. So, ex- apart from having Beth, there, I mean, you said you didn't. You said you didn't really even speak to Beth about it that much at the time because you didn't really want to speak to anyone. But did you have any other people around you that you could speak to? Or, I mean, how was your relationship with your um, sister and stuff? Did you guys talk about it? It was kind of hard. My my mum works in a care home, so she's kind of like used to dying people. So it's kind of weird. And then my sister also works in intensive care unit, so she's used to dying people. God, intense. I know, they're all used to dead people. And I'm just like, well, I'm not used to dead people. Especially my dad. <laughs> exactly. And then my brother's very like, ooh, I'm a man. I'm not going to talk about anything because I'm a man. And he's also got a little boy, so obviously it's hard for him because he was only five. Well, just turned six because then his birthday now. So it's kind of hard because I didn't want to... Like push him because he had a lot to deal with trying to tell him about it and find the right way to tell him about it. So I kind of talked a little bit to my friend, but I sort of stayed away from my family because they deal with things very differently to me as well, which isn't their fault. But my mum's very like mm-hmm. religious and I'm not at all. So she's like, oh, he's in heaven. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. about it. Like, oh, I want to talk about like what he looked like when he died. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that. And there was also a lot of my mum and my dad were together for like thirty five years, but they weren't married because my mum would only get married in a church, and my dad wasn't religious, and they're just both stubborn. So oh, that's hilarious! Wow. <laughs> I can't believe your mum's religious and she had sex before marriage numerous times. I know she just loved. Shocking. 
What's a little rascal? <laughs> but then when it, it <laughs> after he died, when it came to like all the organising and the insurance and the paperworky stuff, I had to do it because I was in next to kin, not my mum. Oh wow! Which was kind of hard because I was just like, I didn't know you had to do all this shit when someone died. It was nuts. My sister was like, give me all these like books, and I was like, what? What? You have to like register someone? What the fuck? Oh god! What did you have to do? Um, you have to go and register the deaths. You have to go to your council and register it, and like, you have to take their passports and all that sort of stuff in, and they have to like cancel them all. Yes, cancel your bank details. Yeah, they do this thing where it's like, tell me once. So you just give them all the like, give them all the details with the death certificate and all that sort of stuff. And uh, well, like a coroner's note say they're dead, and then they cancel everything for you, and then they give you a death certificate. And then when you've got that, you can ring the insurance, and then they can pay out to pay for the funeral, and then you can go to the funeral place and organize the funeral. I can't believe that you had to do all of this. It, I think my mum was sort of angry about it because she wanted to do it and then she was helping and then there's the standard family arguments that happen at all these sort of times. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was just kind of... I was I was using it to get through what's happening because I was like, no, I've got to be really grown up and sort all these things out because my mum's really sad and she can't really do it and she can't anyway. I've got to make all the phone calls. I used that to not grieve for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That is intense. That is some serious self-sabotage going on right there. <laughs> then I was like, well, someone's got to do it, so... Such a shit time after somebody dies to then have to organise a party. <laughs> but yeah. It's difficult to organise at the best of times, isn't it? <clears throat> do you know, yeah, do you know what, like, strikes me about that? And I remember um, my mum saying this, actually, like, after my dad died, like, the amount of times that you have to tell strangers, like, over and over, he's dead he's dead he's dead like you have to talk to all these people and be like can you sort this out please he's dead like and that's got to take such a toll on you having to just especially having to go like register it like you're just reliving it again and again i think that was hard especially for like my mum because my mum saw like one of the neighbors like two months later and they're like oh how is he and she was like and then like male would come to the house and stuff and she'd be like oh it's really sad because he's dead <laughs> one of the worst ones yeah. for me or one of the funniest ones at the same time was when you'd get people, like, spammy calls on the house phone. They'd be like, hi, can I get Mrs. Hooker, please? And I'd be like, sorry, she's dead? And they'd be like, oh, right, um, okay, bye. And I was like, bye. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is something them. that we used to do a lot. Yeah. I used to hear them on the phone all the time. <laughs> Just being like, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead, bugger off. <laughs> I was actually feeling so bloody shit before this podcast. But I'm actually I'm actually feeling really good right now. See, that's the thing. It just that's like proves that talking about dead people can make you happy. <laughs> it's not always gonna make you feel like shit. <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely feeling ten times better. This is ideal. <laughs> Fantastic. What was or do you remember anything that was like particularly valuable to you at the time I mean I suppose that doctor saying this is normal was one of like the biggest things that someone said to you that like sticks with you is there anything else that you're like oh that was really really helpful actually I would say I've got like a best friend like most people do and I think he was monumental in me getting through it oh how was he able to help you um what, what was he doing he didn't, like, nag me to talk about it all the time, but he'd let me talk about it if I want to. And it was quite nice because, like, talking to my parents... Oh, my parents. Oh. 
<laughs> so until not. <laughs> oh wait. So it's like, oh, my sister is kind of sad because then I talk about him and then they get sad and everyone would just be sad. Whereas to him, obviously he didn't know him really and I could just talk about it and he'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then I could be sad and he'd let me be sad and then we'd just sit and eat pizza and it'd be great. That's so nice. I love those like individual people that are just absolute rock stars when you're feeling like crap. Is it, did you like do you, or did you live near him as well? So like if you needed him like... You know, you were just, he was just there. Uh, yeah, basically. And he hasn't got a life either, so. Pretty much. Cool. He hasn't got a life either? <laughs> Ideal. Two loners. <laughs> oh, no, it's literally, it's so, inval- it's so invaluable, isn't it? I don't know if you've like, listened to any of the podcasts and stuff, but Sam and I lived together the year that my mum died. So, like, Sam was my, like, invaluable person in my life at that point as well. I think everybody has that one person that really stands out. Everyone needs them as well. 100%. Agree. 100%. You're so, you're so invaluable, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, mate. I just really Put appreciate it. <laughs> I put that on the top of my CV. <laughs> How would your friends describe you? Invaluable. Invaluable. (laughs) Excellent. So, other than Beth, Daisy, do you have any, like, do you have any other friends that have got a dead parent? Um, I don't think so. There's a couple of people I work with that have a dead parent, but not, like, friends, just, like, associates. So, it's not really anything that Mm. you'd been, like, introduced to than I suppose because like for me other than Sam I didn't know anybody else with a dead parent so it makes because you don't know many people it makes you feel like you're a weirdo yeah that's a big one especially when people make slip-ups like not long after someone at work came to me and was like oh are you going to your parents mums yeah yeah and I was like you've just made it more awkward by changing it (laughs) (laughs) just say parents for god's sake make it easy for all of us Exactly. Like, don't change it because you've realised that my dad is dead. You need to roll mm. with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many of them. And then people, or people saying it and realising they've said it, but not wanting to correct themselves at the time. But then coming up to me when they're drunk and being like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I said that. <laughs> Something that I actually always do is I always catch myself speaking about my mum in the present tense. Being like, oh yeah, my mum my mom likes that. My mum always says that. And I still, I don't make, a, I don't really make a conscious effort to change that or to correct myself when I've said it. I just kind of let it be. Because I, I don't know, I just, I, do you ever do that? Like, talk about your dad as if he's still here? I do, to be fair. Like, oh, my dad does this. I'm, yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, no, he did do it. <laughs> but, like, I think, I think it's nice that our brains sometimes make that slip up and, I don't know, to, to me it just reminds me that she was a physical being and not just some sad, dead person in my head, you know? <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Because, like, we were talking on the podcast the other day, um, the one that came out this week, it's really easy to disassociate yourself with what's happened to you. Definitely. And make you feel, make you feel like it, that it's, it happened to somebody else or it was just a, a complete lifetime ago. I think I did that for a long time. I think that was sort of my way of coping. Just like, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's happened. 
Yeah, but like, but like, it happened to an old version of me, not me now. Yeah, so. like, yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Daisy, did it change your relationship with any of your other friends? Um, I'd say in some ways, yeah, because I was really mad that people like weren't asking if I was okay, even though I wanted to be left alone. This is my logic. Yeah. And I was, yeah. Why aren't they asking if I'm okay? They clearly don't care. Like. I don't want to talk to them anymore. I'm really angry at them. So then I just had no friends. Not that I had many to start with, but <laughs> I didn't even let yeah. really angry. And I was like, they don't even care. But in hindsight, I'm just thinking, well, they probably didn't know what to say and it was a bit awkward for them. But at the time, I was like, they don't care about me. They don't yes. care about me. It's like that catch too between, I say this all the time, between like, I don't want you to treat me any differently, but actually, I really want you to treat me differently because my dad's just That's died. so perfect. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is what I shared on the DPC story the other day, Sam. Did you see it? Yes, actually. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, um, so it's, it's, that, um, it said, please don't treat me any differently. Oh, but can you do that without making it feel like you're pretending nothing happened? Thanks. That's That's it. I just wanted everyone to sort of be nicer to me and check up on me, but like not act like they were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not asking for a lot, are we? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you just change the way you're talking to me, but by not changing the way you're talking to me? <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's so true. Why are we like this? Yeah. But I do think, though, like, even just, even not, like, by not changing what you're saying, even if you're just like, oh, how are you? But changing the way you're saying it so that you are actually be like, no, how are you? Yeah. Then you know that people actually care rather than just like, how are you? Yeah. So true. And it's also it's also the people that allow you to have those conversations where you just speak where you just speak about your mum and it's not they're not sat there being like, oh, I'm really sorry about this, but instead they have like a conversation with you about like some sort of memory that you're talking about. Like like the people that talk to you about your parents as if they were still alive. You know? They're the best ones. Like when you're like sharing a memory yeah. or something, they're like, yeah. That's true. It's the people that cringe like when you talk about it. I'm like, well, you've just ruined this, haven't you? Ruined <laughs> 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 you. Yeah. It's the noise that ooh, and when their face goes all funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to tell you a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to tell you about the time that my dad died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like what I mean, it's like what we always say, like, if I was telling this story and he was still alive, you'd be laughing. But the fact that he's dead, you don't know how to react. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, was there anything else she did then after that um, visit to the doctors that you changed or that you started doing that? to help you cope with it um well they gave me pills yay pills yeah <laughs> which i was always adamant that i didn't need like i'm far too good for that like, i'm too strong look at me but then they worked really well so um i just tried to i wanted to be back to my old self like i've always been quite motivated and like doing a bazillion things at once like really busy and then afterwards mm-hmm. i sort of dropped into doing nothing, and I was like, this isn't like me. So I tried to be like I was before. Like, Which is impossible. It is. I tried to work and then, like, do all my drawing stuff and everything else and, like, tidy up all the time, be super organised. Which, I'm still not back to that yet. Um, but I do it a lot more, so I was just trying to do stuff that made me happy. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that I think a lot of us do that when we're grieving. We think, we, like, mourn the person that we used to be as well. Mm, massive. Like, yeah, like, we wish we were still like them, whereas in reality, one, we're never going to be that person. Um, two, like, it's all about just, like, finding your new normal and, like, finding out what's going to work for you now and what's going to make you happy now. And it might not be the same things that did before. That's it. I think you need to realise that's okay as well, though, which is nice. Because I think I finally realised that. Like, before... I'd never, like, sit and watch TV all day. That was, like, un mm. I was like, that's just lazy. Why would I do that? And now I do it all the time. It's great. Yes. I'm so glad. I feel that. Find that your art helped in any way, Daisy. Um, I took a massive break from it because I just didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, my dad was, like, always really into it. And, like, when he was in the hospital, I'd show him what I was working on. And then I was like, nah, don't want to do this anymore. Um, but then probably about October last year I started getting into it and it did help because I sort of take my mind off it and it's been students when I enjoy doing and it's sort of made me feel a bit yeah. closer to him I guess in a weird way mm. yeah what kind of things are you drawing what kind of art I do it? photorealism so I do a lot of animals people ask for dogs and stuff wow do you draw any dead people I have drawn dead people interesting not while they're dead um just stay still for me <laughs> sitting in a morgue like hey up hun <laughs> looking a bit yellow today <laughs> that's very funny I'm going to have to have a look do you post stuff on Instagram? Uh, I do and I have a Facebook page I'll do a little self promo please do oh God, yeah, um, I also give some money to charities as well so from my art Gorge, hit us up. Oh. What are your handles? Um, it's Daisy Allen Art. It's very interesting name. <laughs> is this your, is that your Instagram handle? Uh, it's I think it's Daisy Allen underscore Art on Instagram, and it's just Daisy yeah. on Facebook. I found you got you. it. Oh, damn, you're talented! <laughs> oh my god, they're amazing! Oh, oh, <laughs> oh you've got a puppy after your dad died. Yeah, my mom. Got well, she's wanted a dog for ages, and um, we got her, and she's called Magic. Oh, I love that! Oh, oh, that makes you so happy. She looks cute, but she's just evil, she's a demon. No, 
something. <laughs> oh my god, you've drawn cows, and cows are my favourite animal. I do love cows. That was the one I was doing when my dad was in hospital, actually. Oh wow, god, that's amazing. I could literally scroll through these all day, <laughs> but alas, we should continue with the podcast. <laughs> Everybody go and check out Daisy's art. It is spectacular. Thanks, everyone. Do you think that it's changed the way that you go about your life? Do you have more of, like, a passion towards it? Or have you just become kind of more accepting of, like, certain things that you can't control? Mm, I'd say I'm more chilled out. In a way, like, things are going to happen. Bad things. But you just got to go with it. How... I'm guessing when you went to the doctors, you were put on antidepressants. Yeah. How, like, how did you find that they helped you? Because I find everybody's experience a bit different. Because I got put on them as well after my mum died. Uh, they made me really, really sick at first. Like, really mm. sick. Um, and they didn't work for ages. And I was like, well, this is a waste of time. And then they started working. And I'm still on them. So I assume they're still working? By By working, do you mean that, like, they've made you kind of like more able to like attack your days definitely i just felt a bit more yeah. like up and going a bit more motivated yeah and a bit less what, what i think people struggle to understand is that a lot of people see antidepressants as being like an instant like happy pill like by taking it you'll just feel good again but i think the real the real reason they work is because they make you feel a little bit more motivated to get up and do something with your day which then results in you feeling better. That's exactly it. It's like a really good description of them. That's what it was for me anyway. Uh, it just yeah. do stuff a bit more, so then I felt better in turn instead of taking it and like, oh, I'm happy now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I thought as well, because, I don't know, I think there's a lot of perceptions around it, and it's nice to be able to be like, it's not the pill that makes you happy, it's the pill that gives you the ability to make yourself happy. Yeah. Which is just oh, totally true. <laughs> um, I suppose as well in that question, has it changed the way you go about life? Like, you're only not even like, only just a year in. Like, yeah, I was like, I say this a lot. I was still a mess after a year. Like, it's only like four years after that I'm like, oh look, it's changed my life. <laughs> I think it's hard to see the good side of it so soon after whereas when you're like a bit more further down the line you can look back and be like wow I I have changed so much from that person that I was and I've changed for the better yeah Daisy do you think you'll do anything on like the the death of Earth (laughs) I like that word (laughs) I'm going away I'm going to Whitby for the weekend with my friend so oh god I want to go somewhere like peaceful and quiet and me and my dad used to go there quite a few times so, oh, that's gonna be so nice. Just be nice to be away from here and sort of on my own ish. Um, I think yeah. I'm just gonna go for a meal and like sit and watch the sea and be sad. That yeah. sounds bloody perfect. <laughs> <laughs> sounds glorious. I like that. We we all have like our own little like kind of places that we go to, don't we, Sam? When like you want to, yeah, you want to like reminisce, have some quiet time. That's it. Yeah, I just want to. Like, sort of, mm-hmm chill and think and i don't know yeah that's nice because well i mean not ev- and not everyone wants to do stuff on like the anniversaries or whatever like for some people it's just another day like for my sisters for example and my mom i was like right let's do something and they're like it's just another day 
whereas I'm I want to like just yeah like do everything to make sure that it's not just another day yeah so oh well that would be really lovely (laughs) what would you say Daisy to other people that have experienced something similar to you or are experiencing it right now I would say accept help yes you're not as strong as you think you are which sounds mean but it's true like you don't have to take everything on your own just talk to someone anyone and let them help if they're saying oh do you have a chat do you want to just sit and watch trash on tv and eat pizza with me yeah don't just sit in your room on your own all day and be sad so it doesn't help i love that because also there's always like everyone says to you as like a compliment is oh my god you're so strong oh you're being so strong and it's like so you you feel the pressure well i mean i did like felt the pressure to act strong and like pretend that I was being air quotes strong that's it it's the same people are like you're so strong you're like well I have to be strong now she just said it yeah and you can't turn around to someone to their face and be like well actually I've been crying non-stop every day for the past seven days but here I am <laughs> like I don't know well you can say that to them it's just we're so scared of saying it yeah yeah because then people think oh god like they're not okay but you're never gonna be okay exactly <laughs> it's okay to not be okay ever again ever again <laughs> the rest of your life and you have to accept that you will never be as okay as you were before your dad died exactly and that's okay that's fine you'll just be like a, yeah a new a new kind of okay like a different okay yeah one that cries more <laughs> yeah which is which is okay exactly everything's okay yeah. within reason this is literally why i've loved like doing these podcasts so much because we spoke to people that you know their parents died over 10 years ago and they still have the same things like they're still crying and they're still getting sad about it and I'm like yeah like you're, you're literally always going to get sad about it because it is a sad thing like it just you just get less like you get it just gets less frequent but you're always always going to be there exactly well someone told me that grief is like glitter because no matter how hard you try it'll never quite go away and I think that stuck with me. Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, yes. I saw that on Instagram the other day. It's bloody well good, isn't it? How good is that? It's a bit like finding popcorn down your bra after the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Take your bra off after a long day. Oh, there's some more green. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Um, Daisy, is, is there anything else that um, you really wanted to make sure that you said on this podcast that we haven't asked? I don't think so. I just think you're doing a really good thing and you should keep at it. Thank you so oh. much. That's so nice of you. Do you know what I love being about these podcasts, right? Um, well, one thing of money. Um, there's something like really like therapeutic and interesting about having a full-blown conversation with somebody this like deep that one you don't know two you can't see and I would say number three but I don't know what the third one is so what just that you can't see yeah. that you don't know but like but like all, all you can hear is their voice but I find it so like isn't it amazing just how how open you can be yeah it is and yeah I love these conversations and I love like so thank you so much for 
like reaching out, Daisy, and be willing to come and talk to us about you it. You have brightened my night, literally. I was in an awful mood, and you've made me happier. I'm glad. Thank you for having me. It's been interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not, but <laughs> I'll take interesting over. It's been shit. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been valuable for me, and will be valuable for others when they listen to. So very much appreciated. Thank you so much, Daisy. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's DPC podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and have found some comfort in the stories that you've heard today. If you've resonated with anything we've said, have any questions or want to get involved, please do contact us. We're on Instagram. It's at DPC Podcast. You can email us on dpcpodcast at hotmail.com or we have a contact form on our website www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. We have a whole bunch of resources over on our website, more information about dealing with grief, losing a parent and professionals to contact if you should need it. Because as Kat so eloquently said in our first podcast, we're not providing healthcare, we're just chatting shit. <laughs> if you think this podcast could help someone, then we would love for you to share it. We upload new podcasts every week, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Loads of love from Sam and Kat. See, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. 